Welcome, everybody. Welcome to a new Human Experience podcast. Today is June the 17th, 2021, and the topic tonight is connection. Um, before I talk about the, the, the topic, I would like to read out a, um, a quote. This, this is from the, the Law of One, book one, and session one. And it's actually very um, at, at the beginning of, of um, this channeled book by the, the entity called Ra. And this is Ra speaking. So in truth, there is no right or wrong. There is no polarity for all will be, as you would say, reconciled at some point in your dance through the mind-body-spirit complex, which you amuse yourself by distorting in various ways at this time. This distortion is not in any case necessary. It is chosen by each of you as an alternative to understanding the complete unity of thoughts which binds all things. You are not speaking of similar or somewhat like entities or things. You are everything, every being, every emotion, every event, every situation. You are unity. You are infinity. You are love light, light love. You are. This is the law of one. So ever since I read this paragraph at the beginning um, of my journey through this, this series of books, they're all together five books, I've been really mulling this over in my mind. Um, a couple of points from this quote really, really made me think. First of them is that there is no right or wrong. There's no polarity, and at some point, much further down in the evolution of our consciousness. So what Ra is saying that is, is that there is, even though right now is, there seems to be right and wrong, there seems to be polarity, but at some point, further down the line, we will understand, we'll come to the understanding that there really is none. And so that made me think, is, is this true or not? Is it possible that there is no right or wrong? And so I start thinking about this really, really just trying to not really just to reason, but to really think about um, how I have lived and applied and when I think of right and wrong, what is it that made me feel that something is right or wrong? So in order, so what I came up with is that in order for there to be a judgment of any sort, whether there is a right or wrong, <clears throat> or any kind of comparison, is that we have to have a certain point of view. 
for example, is abortion right or wrong? It really depends on um, someone's point of view to think, to, to be able to formulate a, an opinion to say that abortion is right. And also the, the idea that abortion is wrong because um, it is not something that you can say it is right and that's it. There is no, as far as I know, there is no definitive way of looking at abortion and there are a lot of things that are like that there are a lot of um so so that's why from what i can see from what i can can deduce from my own experience is that right and wrong really depends on your point of view depends on your own experience depends on how you are being socialized and educated. In some culture, it is definitely wrong. And in some culture, it's absolutely acceptable. I am not going to continue to debate this because it's not something that is definitive. All I want to say is that as far as I'm concerned, that it is plausible that there is no right or wrong and that in at some point in our, our understanding in our, our consciousness at some level that it is very possibly true that there is no right no wrong no polarity at all and the next next um, point that that really I Actually, this this point is something um, that I really that really um, sticks in my mind is that it's when Ra says that we are the ones who create the distortion that we know of as polarity to amuse ourselves, and that we choose our own distortion as an alternative to understanding the unity of thoughts which binds all things. And distortion is actually not necessary. So when I was really thinking about this, it, it, it really hit me that we are the one that's creating our own distortion. We, and that in, um, in consciousness, in truly high vibrational and ultimately at some point in time that we, when we have resolved all our, our internal conflicts or of all our distortion, um, when we truly take the time to understand the unity of all things of, of, um, the unity of thought that binds all things, when we, when we take the time to understand that, then we will be able to come to the conclusion that there is only unity. And until then, until we decide to do that exercise, until we decide to take on that um, 
labor of love, of really starting to understand that all polarity is really our own mind saying that, okay, instead of trying to understand what other people, um, where they stand, is that we simply decide that um, we are just going to stick to our own conclusion, stick to our own judgment. And is this true then? Because of what I'm trying to, to think of is, can I, is it possible that this is true? That we are the own, we are, we are the ones that actually create our own distortion. And from my own experience, um, I, I have to say that is, I do believe that that is the case. It's very much so. Because I have observed that I jump to conclusion and create emotional and sometimes even physical dramas for myself rather than trying to take the time to understand why things are the way it is. And if you kind of look at society um, as a whole, you would be able to observe that most people have opinions and they don't really have, um, they have, it's, it's much easier for them to give you their opinion without even looking at the, um, the reasons behind it, that most people do function like that. And, that, and, and also the more when someone is in their ego, the more it, it is actually easier for someone to react and simply jump to conclusion. The, and for myself, I feel that when I feel disconnected and vulnerable, the easier it is for me to, to kind of take my ego's point of view. So then what is the, the, my next question would be then, so what is the antidote to this self-inflicted in, uh, distortion and disconnection? because it is really disconnecting from our true self and also disconnecting with other people. And it is really a, a symptom of disconnection that we feel this, um, this propensity or this, this we, we feel it's easier for us to jump into conclusion to go for our ego's point of view rather than to really go and study and look at all the evidences and weigh the, the, the pros and cons on each side and then come to a conclusion as to what makes sense or not. Most of the time, at least I know myself, most of the time I don't operate from that I, most of the time, um, especially in the past when I was younger, when I was definitely less experienced, that's when I actually is more simple for me to simply just jump to conclusion. So the antidote for this is really connection, connecting to our true self, 
And um, luckily, Ra also gave some pointers as to how we can become more disciplined in our thinking so that we can move away from distortion and move away from polarity thinking. So what Ra suggested is that the prerequisite is really um, silence, as in meditation. So silence is really the prerequisite because there is so many um, conversations in our mind. We are constantly bombarding ourselves, or I should say that the society we live in is constantly bombarding us with many opinions, suggestions. We are constantly being bombarded by advertisements, by what the, the, the social media wants us to um, believe in. There's so much noise that the antidote has to be, has to start with silence. Really, that we consciously seek a time when our own mind can, can be disengaged from all these different dialogues, all of these different um, thoughts that is constantly bombarding and vying and, and getting our attention. Of course, the ability to retain silence is, is not something that is easy and because we are so accustomed to being not silent. Most of the time when, especially if we live alone, is that we, when we get home, when we get home from work, is we just turn on the television, turn on the radio or turn on some music, something just to break the silence. So that's why silence in meditation is such a breath of fresh air and it starts to give our mind a break and also to give our consciousness a break in order to um, wake up to itself. And silence is not, it's not easy. It's not something that we are accustomed to. So when we first start to meditate, silence may not be a very achievable goal. Therefore, I would actually suggest that is don't take your lack of silence as a failure. You may be able to, um, you may need to maybe be in meditation for a while before you even get a moment of silence. So don't take it as this lack of silence as being a, a failure and allow your ego to persuade you to, to think that you know meditation is not going to work for you. Instead, really to aim to let go of your internal dialogue aim to allow your internal dialogue to come and go without focusing or chasing after any particular thoughts because our mind perceive thoughts and that is the nature of our mind. Our mind um, 
somehow when energy hits our mind, we our mind would just naturally translate those energy, whether those energy is music or it could be um, someone talking or someone trying to have a conversation with you. So we, our mind perceive all these energy and then it would just translate them into thoughts. That is the nature of our mind. So work with the nature of your mind at first, especially, is don't require and don't think that you need to have silence right away is instead of silence is to at first simply observe your thoughts without any attachment, without trying to engage with any one thought. So for example, if a thought comes in to say, oh, I'm hungry, so what's for lunch or what's for dinner? If a thought like that comes in is don't attach to it, meaning that you don't try to engage with it and say, well, you know, I feel like having salmon or I feel like having um, lamb ribs tonight. Um, don't try to engage. Don't, don't um, chase after it. Don't, don't go to the next conclusion. Don't answer it. If some a thought comes in is, you know, what's for dinner, then you just allow that thought to leave without trying to, to think of, you know, hmm, what do I feel like having? So that's what I mean by simply observe your thoughts without any attachment is to no, no reaction to it. Simply observe your thoughts allow it to come in and allow it to leave as well. Because if you don't um, attach any significance or if you have no reaction to the thoughts, then the thoughts will just come in and leave and it won't um, stay, it won't stick around and because there's no attachment to it. And after you have observed your own thoughts for some time, the next step is to start to balance your thoughts. What do I mean by that? Is that because your mind is simply a sponge for thoughts. Thoughts comes in all the time. And you have thoughts from the whole spectrum. And when you, when you observe that, the thoughts that comes in has a certain pattern. Certain pattern of thoughts more naturally evoke a, a reaction from you. For example, if you listen to some music, you would um, feel sad. Then you, and then the sadness kind of grows more and more. Then you know that. And, and if, you, if this happens to you more often than not, then you know that there is a, 
certain pattern. So the next step in order to balance is that when you notice that you have a more affinity with sadness or some other negative thoughts, then make sure that you balance that negative thought with something that is positive. So if you have an, an affinity to sadness, then search in your own mind and look for things that brings you joy, that makes you laugh. So that is what I mean by balance, balancing your thoughts, because happiness and sadness are both equally possible. They, it's, there is no, um, the universe is, has all of these. Some people, however, likes to focus on certain things. And because their mind focus on certain things, they kind of draw attention, draw their own attention to those things. When you start to balance your own thoughts, you start to give yourself a signal to notice things that are at the other side of the spectrum. So when you do that, when you consciously do that, you start to create a balance within your own mind. So that's what I mean by balance your thoughts. So you can't really balance your thoughts, of course, before you have an opportunity to observe your own thought patterns and to observe a, a certain pattern. And once you have some idea what your patterns are, then you can start to balance that by giving more time and searching for thoughts that is going to balance and break up your own pattern your own thought pattern. And when you start to do that, you would start to become more rounded. You would start to feel this polarity would start to become less and less. And so that um, you would free your mind from your own pattern so that you would become as equally drawn to sadness as it is to happiness, equally drawn to, let's say, feeling of loneliness with feeling of connectedness. So this is the second step of balancing your mind because of the principle that everything is just as possible, that we are all things, not just some things, that we are unity, not just only certain things. So when you take the, the initiative to balance your own mind, then this discipline will start to round out and start to break up the existing internal patterns. And when you have 
more of this this um, balance, then it is also time to go to the next step. And what is the next step? The next step is to actually externalize this this balance. Is to also notice the balance in other people as well. So what do I mean by that? Is that you actually trying to do the same process within yourself, but you you are just doing it with someone else. When you notice certain things in other other people, let's say you 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 notice someone that is. For example, let's say I notice that. Um, oh, okay. Um, let's say you know someone who is always um, angry. Someone who seems to you to be always angry. Then what you can do is to start to. First of all, let go of that. Let go of that judgment of that person, and then start to notice when that person is actually not angry, because um, more likely than not, a person is not always angry. There must be some time that they are not. Angry. There must be some time when they are actually able to enjoy themselves and enjoy interaction with other people. So that's one way of creating that balance externally is to is to let go of your own judgment of certain people and to balance them out. And then also to go the one step further is if someone is really has more、mm, affinity with getting angry. Let's say their their first reaction is always angry. Is that you need to mirror something different back to them, because if someone is always angry, their interaction with you is always very.、Um, Direct and and abrupt, then, and you because of because if that triggers you and you of course go on the in go on the defensive, then the dance will be like it will just escalate. So when you when you encounter someone who is quick to react and and in an angry way, then. In order to balance that, is that you start to understand where they come from? Why is it that they're always angry? And instead of of allowing their reaction to trigger you to escalate that, is to mirror the opposite. When someone is always reacting, then have a、um, take the opposite. Direction is to consciously choose to make more allowance for that, and to understand where they come from, and to not add your own reaction to it, to not escalate that. Because 
if you escalate it, it's just going to go go to a shouting match. And you have done that dance with that same person for probably more than once. And it's not getting you anywhere. So try a different approach. Mirror something different back towards them. And to, to assist them. Um, not in a very overt way because nobody likes to be criticized that they are, they are always angry, but in a very, I would say gentle way is to allow them to, to start to calm down, maybe suggest that they can um, start to hold their breath or not talk to them for a minute or two if somebody come come at you in a very aggressive way, is to not react right away, but allow yourself to just calm down. And before you talk to them in a more neutral conversation, I remember um, Sifu James shared with us um, recently that, you know, sometimes when her, when, when his, um, his wife asked him to do something like, for example, take out the garbage. And she expected him to do it right away. And, and, she, and he has something else that's on his mind and he's not ready to um, take the garbage out right away. And he's also not um, up to arguing with his wife is that he actually, you know, what he did because he, of, uh, what he knows is to um, in, internally disable his own left brain because the left brain is more of the, the egoic side of the brain. Is when he is able to disable that part of his brain, then even when his wife yell at him, scream at him, and really um, ask him to you know, insist that he, he takes out the garbage, that he that that escalation does not face him at all. He does not react from it, and he would just you know go about and 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 do something else and continue on with his train of thought, and not be bothered by his wife. And so that usually is able to um, diffuse the situation. So so. Usually what ended up is his wife would just yell a couple of times, seeing that there's, he, he gave her no reaction. She would just, you know, take out the garbage herself rather than um, waiting for him to do it. So that really is the next step is to externalize to, so that um, you can actually be able to not just absorb other people's um, negativity, is to actually diffuse it with your own internal calm, is to be able to understand that everyone around you is simply a reflection of you as well. It's another, it's an 
alternative part of you. So when you can hold the the balance, when you don't go into polarity thinking, when you can hold that balance, then that balance will start to be mirrored. And invariably, your environment will start to have that same balance as well. And also because when you try to understand where someone else is coming from, you are disabling your own ego's um, you know, idea of jumping to conclusion is, is that you are actually really looking at things from all perspective. And when you start to do that, then it is very easy for you to let go of the polarity, let go of right and wrong, and start to create and build up that discipline in your mind. And that really is what consciousness is about. And that is maybe for now, we won't be able to get to there right away. It takes some, um, it takes time to, to perfect the, the ability to be able to affect our environment because we've been so um, trained in being affected by our environment. We, and in order to turn that around is to create that peace and balance within ourselves and then project that peace and balance outside so that the peace and balance is able to be diffused and it's no longer in, um, in your reality. That takes some, um, that really takes, that, that takes practice. And that this is really what is about, is connecting with ourselves, with our true self, and really knowing that we are all things. We have all thoughts within ourselves. It's not just a thought of right or wrong. It's that both right and wrong is within ourselves. Both true and false is within ourselves. And when we consciously start to work on that, that mental discipline to get to the point where every time we um, sense that we are going into one part of the polarity, whether it is in the, the, the right or the wrong, the true or the false, the good or the bad, no matter which part of the polarity we are, we are in is it will start to become more 
of a an immediate response is to look for the other look for the balance and this is this is really the mental training that is needed for ourselves to get to um, connecting with our true self connecting with unity connecting with all that we are it is simply and the last part that he says is that this this distortion is not necessary I am not sure whether that is necessary right now. It is just that we are so used to doing that. We are so used to only thinking one-sidedly. It takes a lot of discipline to start to balance ourselves out. And in that way, I do believe that it is true that we are the one that is creating our own distortion and also that this distortion is not necessary. Right now, it does not, it may not seem like it is something that is optional, that we, um, we are too lazy to, to want to look at the unity of everything that we are too accustomed to only looking at polarity. And hopefully now that we know what really involves in balancing ourselves and really letting go of our own um, attachment to certain thought pattern and when we can do that is that that's when we actually is able to truly understand what unity is about, truly understand what oneness is about and be able to look at all things and not um, jump to conclusion as to whether something is right or wrong true or false, good or bad, and be able to see something truly as what it is from all points of view, not just from our own point of view. And until we get to that point, the, the next thing that we can do is to really accept ourselves that we are simply a work in progress. Wherever we are at right now, in the, the, in the evolution of our own consciousness is that wherever we are at now, that is to have that acceptance to where we are at now and knowing that at some point in the future, when we become more skilled at balancing ourselves, at being able to look at something, um, an event, an idea, a person, 
from all different points of view and be able to let go of polarity. Until then, acceptance of where we are at and also acceptance of where someone else is at is important as well. And so that's all I would like to um, mention for this evening. So let's start to do the meditation. It's a chakra balancing meditation. We have, uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with the seven chakra system. And, um, and also would like to mention that the way I, I understand our chakra is that, well, chakra is really energy centers, is that our, our energy center is um, front and back. So we have a, um, a root chakra that opens to the back and also opens to the front. It's kind of all through, it's, it's all throughout our body, not just um, one location. So, so we have a front and a back to each of our chakra. So just to let you all know, so when I um, talk about clearing out the front and the back, you would know what, I, what I'm actually referring to. And what do I mean by that is that your, your energy, your chakra system takes in energy from the back and also from the front as well. And it kind of goes, um, it loops around. So let's begin. Let's begin by just tuning inwards. Just imagine that you are able to look within yourself. And as you look within, use your breath, use your breathing to guide you in this inward turning. Take a deep breath in and let it all out. Take another deep breath in and let it all out. And then breathe in again and let it all out. Continue to follow the rhythm of your own breathing in and breathing out and use your breath to start to allow yourself to relax. So when you start to elongate your breath, you send a signal to your body that you are ready to relax. Most of the time in our waking hours, we are always rush, rush, rush. 
And when we are rushing, our breathing is much faster. So that's when we signal our body that we are under stress. Whereas when you start to elongate your breath, you are giving the opposite signal to your body that right now, as you elongate your breath, as much as it is still comfortable for you, you would be able to allow your body to start to become softer. Let your shoulders be able to come back down. And also all throughout your body, from the top of your head all to the soles of your feet. Let your body know that it is now time to relax and come back to balance. And as you feel yourself, your body, being able to become more relaxed, then you can start to shift your attention into your heart. Your heart. When you shift your attention into your heart, you allow yourself to move away from all of that internal dialogue that is going on incessantly in your head. And as you focus, shift your attention into your heart, it's much easier for you to start to become less congested in terms of thoughts. Your thoughts can start to slow down a little bit more. The more you are able to put your attention in your heart. And when you're in your heart, choose a positive energy. Choose love, choose unconditional love. And as you breathe in, imagine that you are breathing in more of that unconditional love into your body. And as you breathe out, allow yourself to let go of anything that does not resonate with this unconditional love. And do this for a couple of breaths. And really pay attention to how much your body is able to relax even more as you put in more of this positive energy 
of unconditional love. When you feel yourself being in a calmer state and start to work with clearing your own energy centers. Our first energy center is our root. Our root chakra, our root chakra, when it is balanced and functioning optimally, is a bright red color. So now in your imagination, imagine seeing your own root chakra. Spinning as fast as it is necessary for you to maintain just the right balance for your body and your root chakra has this bright red color and as you breathe in breathe in more of this bright red color into your root chakra and imagine that you're breathing in this bright red energy that is supporting your root chakra from behind you and also in front of you. And as you pull in energy into your root chakra, imagine that your root chakra is able to start to balance itself out. And whatever it is that is keeping your root chakra from being able to resonate with this bright red color would be able to dissolve and let go and leave your body as you breathe out and see your root chakra spinning healthily, taking in energy from behind and from in front, from all direction, without any resistance.
And the more you focus on breathing in and out, allow your root chakra to naturally balance itself and let your body know that it is time, it is safe, it is totally supported to have this healthy, bright red root chakra. And the Mother Earth supports you 100%. And Mother Earth welcomes you to play on this reality that is created by Mother Earth. And simply because you are alive, that you have the right, the privilege to play here, to be supported, to have all the abundance that you desire. to be safe and supported. And continue to visualize your root chakra being in this bright red color and really feel this activation of your root chakra. Continue to allow your root chakra to spin at the optimal speed to support you to have vibrant health. And at the same time, pull the energy up from your root chakra all the way to your sacral chakra, to the next chakra up. And start to visualize your sacral chakra being in this bright orange color. Your sacral chakra is 
also. Your connection chakra, your connection with other human beings, with relations. Visualize your sacred chakra spinning in the most optimum speed and is taking in supporting energy from behind and from in front, from all directions. And it has this beautiful orange color. And feel your connectedness. With all the people around you. And know that you are supporting one another to play on this playground of Mother Earth. And that all these other playmates are here to connect with you. Feel the warmth of that support from the human collective, welcoming you to be a part, to contribute your energy and to make this human experience more meaningful Continue to allow your sacral chakra to spin in the most optimal way in order to pull energy up, the energy that you have pulled up from the root chakra is moving naturally up to the sacral chakra. And in turn, it goes up to your third chakra. The chakra where your entity your human soul resides. Where your solar plexus is. 
where you are connected to your soul, your earth soul. And as you are connected to your earth soul, you are connected to all the things that is important to your human experience. Imagine this solar plex chakra to be a brilliant, brilliant yellow color. This golden yellow color is the color of a vibrant solar plexus chakra. Imagine your solar plexus chakra pulling in energy from all sides, from back to front, from side to side. And it is connected to all things that is going to support you on this human journey. It remembers the experiences passed down to you, all the wisdom from your lineage is available to you as you connect. to your earth soul. All of the wisdom from all of your past lives is also available to you here. You are not just a newborn baby first time around walking on this earth. You have been here many, many times. And all of those lifetimes you have accumulated wisdom. And they are all available for you in order to support you in this lifetime to make the best decisions possible for yourself and for your community. And when this solar plexus chakra is spinning in its optimal speed, and it is clear. And glowing in this brilliant yellow color. This chakra would allow you to pull in information 
have access to feelings that you don't even know where it come from, but you do know in your gut where your solar plexus is, is that something is drawing you on the path that is appropriate for you in this moment. Trust. You can trust your own gut feeling when this chakra is working properly. So allow yourself to pull in as much energy as it takes to allow your solar plexus chakra to spin healthily. And anything that does not support your human journey in this moment, allow those stuck energy to leave and be dissolved so that only this bright yellow healthy chakra energy is able to stick around, to support you on your journey. And as all of your humanistic chakra is spinning properly, then keep moving this energy up to your heart, to your heart chakra. Allow your heart chakra to spin at the optimal speed and to be glowing in this bright green color that represents a vibrant, healthy, self-love and unconditional love for yourself and for all your environment. As you breathe in, take in energy from the back and from the front of this heart chakra from all directions in order to clear out any stuck emotions that is preventing you from being able to live and move and create the life that you love.
see this heart chakra being able to spin at just the right speed to support you to have this loving relationship with yourself and with all your loved ones, with your environment. See your heart chakra spinning in this bright green color, the color of life, the love of life, glowing. And leading you to create the life that you love. Feel your heart opening and being open to all that life has to offer you. And know that as you open your heart chakra, you also open all of your upper chakras. So continue to move the energy up from the root all the way to your heart and then even further up to your throat chakra. Our throat chakra is how we can ask for what we need from the environment, from the universe. It is where we can express our heart's desire and to create it simply by saying so, by declaring it, that is our throat chakra, where we can declare and create. And so it is. Imagine your throat chakra spinning in this light blue color, the color of clouds, of being able to communicate using our voice to all of creation, to broadcast out our unique soul signature.
Imagine your throat chakra spinning brilliantly and bravely and with determination as you communicate using your voice, using that most representative and intimate sound. Sound is what creates vibration. See your own throat chakra spinning at the optimal speed to allow you to declare, to claim your purpose. And see your throat chakra in this beautiful light blue color. And as you feel your throat chakra clearing up, allowing you to speak your truth clearly, keep on allowing the energy to go up until it reaches your third eye chakra your inner eye, your spiritual communicator, the part of you that receives and send message out to the universe so that you can hear guidance as well as communicate with the universe. See your third eye chakra being in this indigo blue color. This clear blue color that allows you to translate energies coming into your third eye, into information, into a knowing, to allow you to tap into 
the wisdom of the universe. And whether you are consciously aware of it or not, your third eye chakra is working for you. Feel as you pull in energy from the back and from the front of your third eye chakra from all around that it is nourishing your third eye chakra clearing out any energy that is stuck there that is clogging your communication with the universe. The more you allow energy to move up, free of any interference, all the way up to your third eye chakra, you empower this chakra. Let go of any limitation of what you think you know or can know because your access is limitless. Everything is available. The only limit is your own limitation. Free yourself from any limitation. Allow your third eye chakra to function to its fullest capabilities in this moment. As you keep on visualizing your third eye chakra spinning at its optimal speed and able to project this indigo blue color. Keep on moving energy from your root chakra all the way up to your crown chakra, right on top of your head, where you the physical you meets the non-physical you. Imagine your crown chakra 
being in this brilliant white color. The color of all of your other chakra combined. Brilliant white light. The oneness of you. The totality of you. This oneness of you is spinning at its optimal speed and it is connecting and collecting energies from all around. Feel your crown chakra. Opening up. And it is allowing more of the universal energies to support you. And it is allowing more of the communication from your higher self, the highest vibration of you that is so huge and expansive that it cannot fit all within your physical body. And even though it is not within your body, you are always connected through your crown chakra with all these other parts of you who has your best interests and is always guiding you and is protecting you. And it's assisting you to have the best possible experience at a human level. See this white light spinning at optimal speed right on top where your crown chakra is, this brilliant white light. Feel all of your seven energy centers 
working together as one unit to assist you on this human journey, on your soul's journey. Seven as one. Working in unison. Allowing you to experience oneness. This first level of oneness. Oneness within yourself. Allowing yourself to feel this completeness. Awakening your innate ability to be able to create whatever it is that you wish. The life that you love. Allow this brilliant white light that represents all of your other chakras to now come and be all around your body, this white light all around your body. Spinning around. Feel the safe safe in this energy, in your own unity energy. And allow this feeling of oneness to come inside you, inside your body, inside each and every one of yourselves, inside each and every one of your DNA strands, inside each and every one of the molecules that make up you. 
and take a deep breath in. Completely allow this brilliant white energy to penetrate and become one with you, one with every molecule, the billions and trillions of molecules that make up your physical body. Each one is itself a brilliant white light, as you are the light. Take another deep breath in and allow yourself to remember this feeling of oneness. And know that you can come back to this state of oneness. It is now within you and available to you at all times. So take another deep breath in and ground yourself in this. And when you're ready, to come all the way back into the room. You may open your eyes.